Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Joined by my partner, friend, just overall big fella. <laughs> nice big fella, I should say. Yeah. Brian Hunsaker. Brett, what's going on? Oh, I'm fired up today, Brian. How are you? I am fired up today, and I'm very excited for the topic we have. What are you fired up about? Well, people are going to find out here, B. Okay. People are going to find out. So last week, to start things off, we sent a a podcast out of the importance of being a fiduciary, the F word in finance, meaning being a fiduciary. And that really simply stated is for us, we're fiduciaries. Look, if your current advisor isn't, Maybe something to consider. But a fiduciary is putting our client's self-interests and their best interests above our own. Right. And doing what's best for them first. Right? And, and even when it's unpopular, that's the right thing to do. Or even when it goes against the norm, that's the right thing to do. And so what I saw the last couple of weeks, we've been doing... And we always do this. We we review people's portfolios for them. We look at how they're constructed. We look at you know their mix of equities and bonds and all these other instruments. And we we try to help them understand where they are, where they need to go, and will their current portfolio get them there? And I've seen some doozies lately, Brian. <laughs> you have. Yes. Okay. To where I'm saying, is their current advisor a fiduciary? Or are they lazy? What the crap are they doing? And that's why I want to bring up the topic of today. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today, folks, is we're going to talk about a recession. We're going to talk about equities. And then we're going to spend a lot of time, and Brian is going to talk about the idea of bonds as a long-term investment. Okay. So first off, let's talk about the market. And I have received a few questions about how in the world is the market positive on the year? NASDAQ's up over 20%. S&P is now up over 1% on the year. With all the hell that's breaking loose in this country and the economic you know, forecasts that are not pretty, how in the world can the market be up? That's a, that's a great question. How would you respond to that, Brian? Um, well, the, the market's forward-looking, and uh, it's looking at future earnings and, and future uh, profitability and, and big companies, big corporations around the world. And uh, yes, the coronavirus is with us now. It's impacting business. Uh, earnings are going to be down this year. But if you look forward and if you have a belief, and I do have a belief that we will get on the other side of this coronavirus and business and normal life as we know it will get back to normal, that will come back. And uh, this is just one year in uh, you know, many, many years of future earnings and profitability. That's one reason. So it's just, it's one year or, you know, this is a temporary setback in my opinion. The other thing is um, the Federal Reserve's response to this coronavirus has is, is been, you know, been massive and uh, that they have, you know, thrown a lot of money into this market, at this market, into people's pockets, you know, in various ways. And that's the other reason. And if you look at bank deposits uh, today, or they're at record levels, and they've increased this year. Bank, you know, banks, big banks, well, banks basically across the border have a lot more cash. A lot of a lot of people have bigger savings accounts and money market accounts right now than they have had 
for many years. So th- those are kind of two of the big reasons why. Yep. Yep, exactly. People have more money than they've ever had in large part. And the market is a forward-looking instrument anywhere from, you know, six months to to 30 months forward-looking. Right. And keep in mind, folks, in 33 days, the S&P 500 went down 37%. That was the market pricing in, worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario was priced in. Now the market's forward-looking. It doesn't expect too much to, you know, it doesn't expect it to get worse, only better. Right. I would add one more thing to the the reason why the market's up. Um, and it, it's surprising. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't think we'd be here today uh, three months ago. I really didn't. But the other reason why the market is uh, higher than, than what it was is because interest rates are so low. And and we're going to talk about this, but interest rates are at historic low levels. In fact, there are, you know, around the world, there are negative interest rates, which is just hard to imagine. Who buys a negative, you know, negative rate bond? That's, you know, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> I think I'd like to know who, the, who they are. No, you don't want to yeah. meet them. <laughs> but, but that's the other reason. And, and uh, bonds are so unattractive that that's people, you're kind of, I don't want to say forced, but really the most attractive asset class out there is owning a good business. Exactly right. And so as we look at equities, it's the only game in town. And as a fiduciary, our our firm managing, you know, upwards near $300 the only way to, to do what's right for the clients and to be a fiduciary is to focus on equities. So why is that? Let's let's take a look at bonds for a moment. Brian, break down why bonds for most people are a horrific investment right now. Yeah. If you're trying to if you're using bonds to accomplish uh, a long-term goal, a retirement goal or some sort of financial plan, it's very difficult uh, when you're getting well, for example, right now the 10-year treasury you can buy a 10-year treasury bond, the U.S. government treasury bond, assumed to be risk-free. And I, I would say that that's the risk-free rate of return. The government's going to pay, you know, very high, very high probability you're going to get your money back, you know. But you're going to get 0.62% per year if you were to buy a U.S. treasury Over bond. Over 10 years. Over 10 years per year today. That's what the rate is today, 0.62%. Okay. So if the 10 years at 0.62%, what is the Fed said regarding their inflation target? Two percent. Okay. That's, that's what is the, inflation? What does it do? That erodes your purchasing power over time. So, you know, we all know the effects of inflation. We see it. We all see it in in the price of goods. And, you know, you think about what a car costs. The, what you paid for a car, say, ten years ago, or twenty years ago, or thirty years ago. It, it it costs a lot more today to buy a, a brand new car than it di- than it did back then. A, a new home, same thing. You know, what did it cost you to buy your first home versus maybe a home you bought in the last five years? A big difference. You know, I think about what my parents paid for their first home compared to what I paid, you know, for my home that I bought say ten or fifteen years ago. A lot, you know, a lot a lot more money. That's that's the effects of inflation. So, I'll add this: the greatest risk to somebody not accomplishing their financial goals 
is the eroding of their purchasing power over time. That's one of the greatest, if not the greatest risk in retirement, is losing purchasing power. So if somebody buys a 10-year at 0.62, and the inflation target out of their own mouths is 2%, yeah, I mean, it's a losing, you know, it's a losing uh, mathematic equation. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to lose money. You're down 1.38. Yeah. Then you got taxes. Not including the tax. Yeah. Yeah, then you got taxes on top of that, assuming this is not a retirement account. But it's. But, but then when you take the money out of the retirement account, you got anyway. to pay taxes on it then. So, yeah, it's it's just a losing game. Uh, for a long-term, if, if you're going to use bonds uh, to accomplish your long-term retirement goals, uh that that's the main way that you're going to accomplish your goal, then it's it's going to be very, very difficult. So what if somebody said, okay, 10-year, 0.62, I get it, right? I'm losing 1.38% plus taxes. What if I go 30-year bond? Yeah, the 30-year right now is 1.31%. You're still, you're still, still a losing game. Now, you know, 30-year, well, when I was in high school in the early 80s, uh, we all remember, maybe we don't all remember, but interest rates back then were double digit. Early 80s? I was five. <laughs> you were five. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, interest rates were double digit, you know, back then. Yeah. And bonds made a lot of sense back then, but they just don't today. Right. So a, so a normal 60-40 portfolio, a 50-50 portfolio, as a fiduciary is probably not the best solution for people. Because that 40% that's in bonds, even corporate bonds, or that 50%, or even 30% that's in bonds, I mean, what's the probability that that's going to even make money? Well, stocks are going to be, stocks will make more money than bonds over the next 10 years, you know, starting from today. There's, that's my opinion. You know, that's, that's my opinion. So what was the 30 year at? Uh, thirty year was one point three one percent. The the yield, just the yield on the S and P five hundred right now is one point six eight percent. Right, and then you get potentially some upside. Then you get upside from right. there. But what drives people into bonds is not because I I think not because they're an attractive investment from a rate of return, but people think of them as a safety. You know that's, that they're gonna, their money's going to be safe. It's not going to go up and go down. It's not going to go down thirty-seven percent in thirty-three days. You know that's that's why people go to bonds. But that's that's very short-sighted. You, I think you need to think long-term. And if you're thinking of bonds as an asset class that is going to help you accomplish goals, it's just probably not going to do it. Now we all we have clients that own bonds and they own it not to accomplish goals, but because maybe they Maybe they're they're they have enough assets that they're they've really met their financial goals and they want to preserve their capital. But again, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of misleading because because of inflation. So what you said is very interesting. Bonds are known as a a, a, a little less risky than equities, and and that is completely untrue. It is true if you're trying to time the market in equities and the market's down 37% and you sell and you do something really stupid and you lose money. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the long term like we do for our clients and as we teach them, you look to the long term, 
the riskier investment, the odds of losing money are far, far greater in bonds than stocks. Right. And and that's what people, I think a lot of people don't understand is uh, buying a, buying a 10 year treasury today, you're almost guaranteed. I, I, Almost, I can't say 100% guaranteed, but almost guaranteed to lose money. 95% probability? If you, inclu- <laughs> if you include inflation and taxes. taxes yeah, which almost, you have to. Almost, it's real returns. Almost guaranteed. Yes. Now, we own bonds um, and uh, in client portfolios, but it's not to accomplish those goals. We, it's, it's really for cash management reasons. That's why we have bonds and client portfolios, especially for clients that are you know, near retirement. Yep, that are needing money in the next two years. Yep. That shouldn't be in equities anyway. But bonds, and any fiduciary with folks with your best interest in mind are going to bring this up. And if they do it, don't shame on them. Because over time, the riskier asset, no question, is bonds. And if you're trying to increase your wealth and increase your purchasing power through retirement, the only way to do that is by buying really good companies in a portfolio that have all of the criteria we look for. And I would add that uh, it, it's a it's a long-term perspective. If you're looking at, you know, people equate risk with market volatility. And we, we don't think about it that way. Um, and uh, so if you have a long-term perspective and own equities for a long period of time, they are actually a safe, you know, I can't say, I, I don't know if I can say safe investment, but but that's the best way to accomplish your goals over a long period of time is to own own equities that are going to outperform inflation and uh, do better than bonds. You have to accept the volatility, which right. is not risk, in order to increase your purchasing power. It's not risk if you have more than three years, three to five years or longer time horizon. That's why we don't, you know, we don't recommend clients have money in equities if their time horizon is less than three years. So we, we always have those investments in liquid type of investments, you know, short-term bonds and cash type equivalents. But any money that's, that's invested for the long term, we, we like equities. So Brian, as I, re- as I reviewed these portfolios, which we do as a free service. If somebody wants their portfolio that's managed by somebody else reviewed, more than happy to do it. As I reviewed those portfolios and talked to some people that I that I care about, it was pretty easy to tell them your current advisor is not looking out for your best interests. They're either lazy, they don't understand the market, or they don't care about you. I'm not saying that's every advisor. But if that's your advisor, or think twice. Uh, I I think a lot of advisors just don't get it. I mean, <laughs> uneducated. <laughs> well, they just don't get the, the the risk in bonds, and that equities are by far the best asset class to accomplish your long term goals. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. With that, my friends, we hope this has been educational. We hope it's. A light bulb has gone off for you in in how your portfolio should be constructed. Yep. With that, until next time, bye now. See ya.
This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.